0: All right. So welcome to another episode of Inside IALR. Today we have a, a fun one and sort of a different different kind of episode. Um, so I'm here with Yulian Bobay, who's the uh, co-founder and advisor, and who he also served as the uh, chief technology officer for many years for CERC. Uh, so Yulian, thanks for being here. I appreciate it.
1: Good morning. Thank you for the invitation.
0: So I think, you know, Circ, especially recently, has gotten a lot of, I'd say, even international attention with, um, you know, being a, a finalist for the Earthshot Prize and, um, featured very prominently on on CBS News, so I'm here to you know talk to you sort of about the company's backstory, the history, how it's how it's gotten to this point, point. Um, and I think you know the, the, the institute here we've we played some role in, in in different parts of that, um, but to, you know to start tell us a little bit about you know the company's back, the, the company's history, how was this company founded, um, how has it evolved since then?
1: Sure, uh, we we started as a technology company, We, I would say all, we all the time were a technology company, but we started with a different application. Um, we uh, developed initially technology to extract sugar and oils from tobacco, and we wanted to use those sugars and oils to produce biofuels. Um, actually, that's how we found uh, Danville. Uh, we are we are very thankful for um, to uh, tobacco commission for uh, supporting our uh, initial technology efforts they we received initial funding from tobacco commission to come in the region mm-hmm. um, so at that time we um, developed uh, technology we expressed oils and sugars in tobacco and uh, um, as you know very well, this region is very well known for tobacco. And, and um, we uh, found the necessary knowledge, agricultural knowledge, to grow tobacco. Uh, so that's how we started. Um, uh, the way I started the company, actually, I started with a colleague of mine, uh, Peter, that we met at uh, Duke University while we were doing an MBA. And uh, he was a good uh, family friend with a very famous professor, Dr. Hilary Koprowski, who invented uh, the first uh, oral polio vaccine. And uh, Hilary was using tobacco as a carrier for those uh, molecules um, because um, being an immunologist, uh, he was interested to develop vaccines in, in tobacco, and of course, vaccines are proteins. So, in addition to proteins, he also expressed oils and, and sugars in tobacco. Um, of course, the type of tobacco we grew was totally different. We increased we increased the density of uh, tobacco from six thousand plants per acres to we double or triple that density. Uh, uh, so that's how we we started initially. Uh, we learned a lot about biomass we learned a lot how to extract those molecules from tobacco and it turned out that all that technology uh, you know helped us with um, the uh, the application we do today of textile recycling um, because tobacco is a biomass source and um, uh, of course, biomass has a lot of uh, cellulose, which is the most abundant uh, polymer on the planet. And uh, when you recycle uh, cotton from polyester, cotton has a lot of cellulose. So we quickly understood uh, the similarities between tobacco and, uh, and uh, cotton in terms of uh, cellulose. And it didn't take us much to understand that we can pivot into a new application.
0: This was around mid-2010, 2016, 2017 when that, that change was happening. Is that correct? That's correct, yeah. Mm-hmm. So then I think you had said, you know, talking beforehand that Cirque was sort of born out of that. I guess talk to me a little bit more about the the problem that your company is trying to solve. I think the way that, you know, that it was framed in, you know, in the Earthshot price. Um Literature and as, as well as in that CBS interview is, you know, the, that separation of, of cotton and polyester and clothes. But tell us a little bit more about that and, and why that's significant.
1: Recycling um, is very important for the planet, whether we recycle clothing or we recycle batteries or we recycle metals. Uh, is very important to recycle all these materials. For textiles, we produce uh, millions of textiles, and a lot of those textiles actually end up in the landfill. Uh, whether, uh, whether they originate from uh, uh, factory clippings uh, or unsold inventories or post-consumers, uh, you have a tremendous stream of textile waste that ultimately uh, ends up in, in the landfill. So the problem we are solving is basically recovering a lot of those um, uh, clothings and therefore petroleum, because um, a lot of our clothing are are made out of petroleum. Polyester, for example, is made out of petroleum. So another way of looking at it is uh, we recycle above ground petroleum, right? We extract petroleum. We convert it in all this, uh, you know, uh, clothing, and then we end up throwing those clothing away. So uh, if we recapture uh, the the clothing, we can recycle
0: those molecules. And I don't want to get too too in the weeds, but I know with the that separation that separation of the polyester and the cotton, I know that's sort of the defining. I guess I guess the technology that your company develops sort of that's that's what it does. And obviously, you were the the chief technology officer. Um, so at a high level, how does that work? How does that process work to separate those two things?
1: We are using a hydrothermal um, method, basically using water pressure uh, to to separate those polymers. Um, cotton, which is cellulose, is a polymer. Polyester is another polymer. So by manipulating the water characteristics uh, under pressure we are able to to separate uh, those two um, polymers. Um, that technology actually uh, we found inspiration in, in Japan uh, uh, while I, I did my PhD in Japan. We uh, worked with a hydrothermal method uh, to recycle uh, other molecules and I got inspiration and, um, and, uh, this, uh, uh, technologies to,
0: to apply it for a different application. Mm -hmm. That's really cool. Um, and so for Cirque, I know a lot of the, I guess you, you guys are, are self-described as a circular fashion company. So what does that part of it mean? You know, what is, what is the, you know, obviously you've described the technology and how it works in separating those two things, but what is these, what is circular fashion? What is, what is that?
1: We have to go back and and, and look at how our economy is today. Our economy today is is described as linear economy. Linear economy is an economy where you mine for um, uh, basically commodities like petroleum or minerals. You turn them into products, and at the end of life of those products, you throw them away in the landfill. Um, The technologies of tomorrow have to be circular, meaning that at the end of life of, of all these products, you want to recycle them. So circularity is another word for recycling. Okay. Um, so basically, it means we are trying to recapture all these molecules and, and reuse them. Of course, we will continue to mine for, for for products, but it's also important to recapture a lot of those uh molecules that we already
0: mined and, and are at the surface. And I think I just want to, for, for context for our listeners, in, and this is pulled from the CBS interview that, you know, um, that, that your company did. There's there was a few statics, statistics given in this interview um, that I think are really interesting. It said the fashion industry is responsible for about 10% of all global greenhouse gases, which is more than I think automotive and airplanes combined. Most or the average piece of clothes in the U.S. is worn seven times, and then less than 1% of textile waste is recycled back, to, back into textiles because of this the inability to separate those two things, which is exactly what your company does. So I think that's just for context for our listeners who haven't, you know, I mean, I wasn't familiar, very familiar with the, the fashion industry before um, or, or, or te, you know, textile recycling. But I think that, you know, sort of sheds a light on the scale of of I guess, the, the problem and, and, and the, um, the solution that you all are, are providing.
1: Yeah, this, this is not a, a problem only in, in the United States as a global problem. Uh, we have a couple of um, um, fast fashion companies that are producing uh, textiles at a very rapid pace. We're talking full cycle in a couple of months. And because of that uh, efficiency, A lot of those textiles are are relatively cheap. So the consumers are somehow incentivized to to buy a lot. Uh, But because um, the availability is plentiful, they are also disposing um, a lot. You have to remember that uh, fashion is an expression of how people want to perceive to be perceived by their by their, their peers and and family and society as a whole so um, the textile companies and, and brands understand human psychology very well and uh, they are trying to to change styles and colors and and trends uh, very often in order to encourage um Uh, the the, the consumers to to buy a lot of textiles. Of course, uh, the consumers respond to this, uh, but the end result of this is that a lot of those textiles end up in the landfill because a consumer will use um, a piece of uh, clothing just a couple of times, as you mentioned, and then it, it ends up
0: in the landfill, I know you're, you've been more on the technology side of the company, but I, I think you can speak to this side as well. Is you know, what is Cirque's role in the fashion side? How is what is the company doing on the fashion side? How are you guys partnering with others in the industry? Um, I know you've, I mean, partnered with with others to even you know develop your own lines. So tell tell us a little bit more about that side of it.
1: If you look at any industry, um, um, you can identify different players that have different roles we call it a supply chain right and uh, one part of the supply chain uh, for cotton it starts with the um, it starts with the farmer that produces the cotton and then it goes to a company that will spin it and turn it into a yarn and then it goes to uh, to uh, another company that turns it into a fabric and then it goes to another company that will cut and sew Um So Cirque, being a technology company, is trying to play uh, a couple of roles. But fundamentally, uh, Cirque uh, is working with brands to solve this problem. And so we have a couple of roles, not only in making, providing a new yarn that is recycled, but also positioning ourselves as a a, a
0: functional brand, Uh, if if you... if you want to think like this. So I know I mentioned at the beginning, you know, that the, the Institute for Advanced Learning and Research, you know, we've played, we've played a role in, in, in your company's growth at, at different points. Um, I know we've, you know, provided analytical services, and, and you all, I mean, we're housed here, we're, CERC was housed here here on our campus for a little while. Um, tell us a little bit more about the role, I guess, the role that the Institute has played in, in your company's growth. The institute here,
1: um, of course, is an engine of economic development, and, and this is very important to a lot of startups and also new companies that are coming in the, in the region. Uh, and for Titan and Cirque, uh, being a startup company, sometimes you cannot afford to buy uh, very expen- expensive uh, analytical equipment. Uh, so the institute uh, has all these capabilities here, uh, for characterization of different molecules so we worked uh, with the institute on characterization and um, uh, we um, borrowed um, a lot of these uh, capabilities uh, here um, so for, for us is definitely um, um, a player in the community that provided a lot of help instead of us going to outsource the services to an out-of-town um, company. We we had it right here, um, and of course, uh, you know, this community has uh, a long tradition not only uh, in tobacco but also textiles. So we found we we found a lot of talent um, and and a lot of support um, and a lot of people that we interacted with uh, knew a lot about. Uh, textile uh, industry. Uh, I'm not. I'm not from the industry. I started my career in in oncology, but uh, I learned a lot uh, very quickly. And a lot of the people that I I met in Danville, they were mentors and, and provided a lot of uh, um, knowledge that, in the end, accelerated my my understanding of the industry.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. And I was, as as you were talking earlier, I was thinking about that. How we, you know, I, I give tours of the uh, of the institute all the time, and and the things that I, I talk about how when we were founded, it was sort of at the time when tobacco and textiles were those industries were fading here regionally together. Um, so that that is really cool to see that your company transitioned from one of those to the other, and 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 the cool technology developments happening there. Um, and I do just think it's it's a cool you know, we, as you said, you know, we're, we're all about economic transformation, economic development, um, to see, you know, on one end, you know, we're working with major companies who are, you know, employing hundreds of people and and are well-established. And then on the other hand, we're providing, you know, chemistry testing services to, I mean, we can provide it to individual farmers, but even, you know, to, to startup companies and, um, whether that be, you know, analytical chemistry or, 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 lab space or, our polymer testing. I mean, it's it's really cool to see. Um, I guess just the the role that we can, the different roles that we can play for those different companies, all towards that same goal. Yeah, definitely. the The knowledge is here. The analytical tools are here. So we found a lot of synergism in working with you guys. Mm-hmm. So I know. I think you all moved out of our lab space at some point in the last year, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. Um, so tell us a little bit about where where your company is now, and sort of what is the what are the next steps? What's you know what's the, the growth growth trajectory for CERC? So we started um,
1: we uh, started our initial operations out of uh, Dan River Business Development Center. We refer it to DRBDC. Um, um, also, we as you mentioned, we had um, a space here in the institute, but now we consolidated operations um, in an in another building that used to be um, uh, a tobacco uh, company. So we renovated that building and we consolidated the operations there. Um, we're, the next phase for our company is uh, scale-up uh, engineering. Um, so we, I would say the technology is mature right now to go into the next phase um, of, of scale-up. So a lot of efforts are
0: are uh, happening right now in, in scaling up that uh, technology? Mm-hmm. No that's that's really cool to see the you know the growth that your company has had um, you know from from a startup to all the way to, to now you know being featured internationally. Um, and I think the the I think it was from the CBS interview the quote that really stuck out to me was um, someone someone from your company said all the clothes we have all the clothes we need to make all the clothes we'll ever need. And I think that's a really cool—that's a really cool thought in the role that you all are trying to play in making sure that you know we're not just throwing—we're not just throwing good material that we can repurpose away. If, if there is a way to repurpose it, let's do that.
1: Yeah, that, that's correct. Uh, if you look at uh, uh, polyester, um, theoretically, you can recycle it to infinity. Um, uh, this is on a theoretical basis. Of course, when you do manufacturing, you, have, you are going to have losses, but right. On a theoretical basis, you can dismantle the the monomers of polyester and put it back together uh, many, many times. Um, so yes, we we do have those. I, I I tend to go back to the building blocks of those um, uh, clothing. We we see we see a piece of clothing, but in actuality, we don't really think that the building blocks are. Our natural resources, right? Whether it's petroleum or cotton or or metals, um, uh, we don't we don't think of the building blocks. But if you think of the building blocks, you can you can uh, take those building blocks uh, from clothing, and you can turn them back into clothing, right? Which is that's what we do is uh, uh, um, closed loop garment to garment recycling. But you also could take the building blocks from clothing and turn them into, into something else. In the end, the building blocks are commodities that can be recycled many, many times. Uh, and if you think about uh, um, batteries from EVs, right, uh, we um, use a lot of lithium. Uh, we, we, we use a lot of metals, um, and a lot of those molecules they need to be recycled over and over again, uh, because uh, commodities on this planet are are limited, and um, and we are gonna we're we're gonna be on on planet Earth
0: for a while, <laughs> and we really have to recycle as much as uh, as we can. No, absolutely. But again, I mean, I just think it's really cool. You know, the work that Cirque is doing, and I think it's a really cool. Uh, I guess success story, I mean, that, that we like to share at the Institute that, you know, we can help, again, help those, you know, those really large already established companies as well as those smaller startups and help them at, at all the stages of their growth. Um, but but Yulian, that's all the, the questions that I have. I mean, is there anything else that you would want to add or, or any other parting thoughts you would want to share?
1: Yes, another, another opportunity that I see in the region and um, um, I got Um, involved in is uh, is industrial hemp uh, because it's very synergistic to textiles Uh, industrial um, industrial hemp is uh, very different than CBD hemp it really grows like bamboo it's a very tall plant and you grow it for fiber um, not for CBD so hemp is a misunderstood plant uh, it has a little bit of stigma, like tobacco, um, but it it has a tremendous um, uh, it has a you know it's, it's a tremendous opportunity for the farmers in the region to grow this uh, plant. Actually, if you look back at the history, you know, hemp was uh, grown by um, all the farmers. Uh, it was mandated by law uh, during uh, Jefferson time to to grow uh, hemp. Uh, a lot of our clothing were, were made out of uh, hemp uh, but of course you know with a prohibition we we kind of uh, put industrial hemp and CBD hemp in the same bucket and that was the end of it. however in 2018 industrial hemp was was legalized so um, I believe that hemp can be another uh, crop that can be in the in the basket of a farmer Um and um, so a couple of years ago, I got invited to sit on the board of a company called FiberX. So I'm a board member in uh, this company that is trying to bring, to scale up, industrial hemp for textiles. Uh, this is very synergistic to what we do at um, at uh, Cirque. And I'm, I'm very excited to be part of this opportunity because... Um, you really don't develop um, a crop uh, in our lifetime, probably hemp is gonna be the only commodity crop that is going to be developed, uh, which is which is exciting. In, in addition to corn and soy and and cotton. Uh, hemp will play, I believe is gonna play a role in the the basket of the cellulosic materials that's cellulosic uh, is basically another term for
0: referring to uh fibers like cotton or hemp or linen here at the institute you know we've we provide testing services for farmers who are you know producing that industrial hemp so you know obviously we we support on on the even the smallest level those those individual farmers who are you know pr- producing that and are definitely um in, involved in that industry as well so that's really cool to hear um i guess yeah how you're sort of bringing even those different components together and all all towards that goal of sustainability and um, technology which
1: yeah that's why i wanted to mention hemp um because uh in actually the institute uh, was uh, housing the first uh hemp summit in the united states Mm -hmm. um and um a couple of years ago all the farmers started growing cbd hemp without realizing that the market for cbd hemp is limited Uh, i do believe that the in order to scale up hemp, the, the the best application is really textiles, like fiber, uh, seeds for food. Um, not CBD coming from pharma. I believe CBD, you know, has its own role, but as an as an amount, uh, you really don't need a lot of acreage to to grow the CBD that we we need.
0: Yeah, uh, that's that's really interesting, Julian. I really appreciate you being here today. Thanks. Well, thank you. Megabytes, ILR's on-site cafe, features everyday favorites, convenient ordering options, and an eager staff ready to welcome and serve you. Our enticing menus offer something for everyone from a fresh, well-stocked salad bar, wraps, sandwiches, and our rotating hot buffet offered on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Megabytes is open Monday through Friday from 9.15 a.m. until 1.30 p.m. To view menus and for more information, visit ilr.org/megabytes.